Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? Hey, it's me, Egbert. E-G-G-B-U-R-T. Check out my website at egbert.com. Now it's back to those two dudes who told me they would bring in big ratings. They better are their history. Here are Brad and John. John, have you checked our ratings lately? How are we doing? Uh, uh, off the charts, Brad. Off the charts. <laughs> and I don't know. And I don't know if it's due to bots or if it's due to real human beings. But let's go with real human beings. Right. Okay. <laughs> I might think bots, but that's a whole other story. It is BJ. Let me try this again. BJShow.co. Did I get it right? BJShow.co. We did. Yeah, you did. BJShow.co. I'm Shelly. He's not John. <laughs> no, no. I'm Brad. He's John. Together, we make Brad and John show, and that's what we do. Uh, every morning, we start off with the fact that John Combest, if you're a first-time listener, John, for 22-plus years, every single day, he's not missed one single day, every Christmas, for the last 22 Christmases, you've done this right? I guess it'd be 23, because if you count... 2021. I'm not a math guy, but yeah, 22, 23, whatever. Every single Christmas, every single Easter, every single holiday, even every single President's Day, he's <laughs> he's not missed one single day. And he scans the state for all the top stories and puts them all on his website, johncombest.com, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John is the common spelling, J-O-H-N, johncombest.com. You can go there anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Don't expect, and I don't mean this as an insult, John, don't expect all sorts of fancy graphics and crazy things and animations and stuff like that because it ain't there it's like sort of bare bones website very fast loading and it's just got a bunch of links bunch of tags and you can find pretty much whatever you're looking for if you're looking for specific topics and what we do is we bring in a very famous guy to essentially count them down uh, essentially for john we do the top three and we bring in this famous guy we're on our way to the number one and that's who that is. It's Casey Kasem. And then he steps up to the microphone and he says, John, are you ready? And John nods his head. And Casey says, in third place, if you are a progressive Democrat, today is your day. It is your moment in the sun. Because yesterday, Democrats started flexing their muscles in Jefferson City. First, and perhaps most importantly, Democrats gathered on the Capitol steps to complain about guns and how super minority leader Crystal Quaid talked about how futile Democrats' efforts have been, how they failed to make any meaningful progress on anti-gun legislation. And she had one of the most transparent quotes I think you could get from a politician. And she said, what's going to happen is we're going to stand here and we're going to yell over the next few weeks we're going to cause as much chaos as we can to try to get them to draw attention to this and do something. They're going to offer thoughts and prayers and say, now it's not the time. Don't politicize this and then move on about their day. So Crystal Quaid has very reasonable expectations. I give her credit for stating that publicly. It's a great excuse for Democrats together to rally together, to gather you know, it makes for great pictures. They can send it out to their fundraising base. They can raise a little cash off of this. And they know they don't have the burden of responsibility of passing any type of meaningful legislation. So there's the just... flip side of that, Brad, 
The second piece of that is that, and Brad smartened me up to this right before we went on the air because I didn't know that the filibuster was continuing. I have a piece up today from Kurt Erickson of the Post-Dispatch talking about Democrats and the Missouri Senate opposing initiative petition improvements. So Democrats have held the floor checking social media. Democrats have held the floor overnight and refused to give up the floor of the Missouri Senate. And it's still so that's going- where we are this morning in terms of the legislature. And it's still going on right now, correct? It's going on right now. Yeah. Now, for those who don't, for those who have a life and don't follow this stuff hour by hour or actually just day by day in terms of the procedure, there's there's a move in the Senate called PQ, which is to move the previous question, which in for decades, it was considered a very rude thing to do. But it's an effective way to end a filibuster. And it's, you know, generally considered a break of decorum. It's um, it would be like. If there's times where um, where Brad is talking and I very rudely interrupt or if I'm blabbing on for a while and Brad tries to get in a word in edgewise and I just bulldoze him, it would, <laughs> it would be like the kind of thing that you hear that's perceived as being very rude and breaking decorum. But the point is Republicans can break – could break this filibuster from Democrats anytime they wanted to because – Republicans simply have the numbers. But again, this is a great opportunity if you go to social media, which I just did a search on this about 10 minutes ago. It's a great opportunity for the Democrats to say, look at what we're doing. We're standing up. We need your help. Here's where you can click and donate. And they can hold the floor for a few more hours and raise a little cash off of this. Well, now, now hold on a minute. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay, the Democrats are filibustering. So in other words, they're controlling the Senate right now. And Correct. all the Republicans would have to do is just say previous question? What does that mean? To move the previous question means it's just a procedural tactic by which you can end the current debate that's happening on the floor. So so somebody, does it have to be a specific person? Does it have to be like the head dude or can it be like Bill Eigel? It can be anybody. Bill Eigel could, could move the previous question. And as long as Republicans vote to end the filibuster, they could do it. The reason why – and this is a unique quirk of Missouri. I don't know how many other states have this have – this, um, What's the word I'm looking for? The set, the set of decorum, but it's considered a, a very rude thing to do. It's considered um, uncouth to move the previous question. Now, experts of the Missouri Senate, if we had a guy like Scott Fawn here or a guy like Jason Rosenbaum, they would be able to tell. They would be able to point to the literal handful of times in the last 20 years that the Senate has moved the previous question. In other words, the time that the majority says, "Okay, we've had enough, guys." Like. You guys have made your point. Sit down. You know, I, I have to tell you something. Maybe we can do it next next uh, segment. I think I've done a 180 on the initiative petition thing. And really? I, yeah, I, I'll tell you the reason why. And and if you know what we're talking about, uh, the initiative petition is that that's how marijuana got approved. That's how the medicinal marijuana and then the recreational marijuana. Uh, there's a procedure in the state of Missouri where you get a bunch of signatures. you got to get so much signatures. And then it gets on the ballot. And it becomes a constitutional amend- amendment. It amends the Missouri Constitution. And uh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to change it either to uh, from a simple majority, uh, you know, in other words, what, what's it, what'd you say, 50 plus a uh, feather? 50 and a feather. 50 and a feather, which is a legal term. <laughs> uh, and Or they're trying to make it to the point where you have to have the majority in so many Senate districts or so many congressional districts. Isn't that what it is, congressional yeah, districts? Yeah, there's congressional. And to your point, Brad, you, you pointed this out to me before. There's also proposals where you would have to have a majority of state legislative districts as well. Right, right. Right. Well, we'll talk about that coming up. Let's move on with the countdown and up a notch to number two. 
Brad, when it comes to the third congressional district, you just might get your wish and you might get a candidate. Well, you have gotten a candidate now and you might get a member of Congress that actually lives in the third congressional district. Who would that be? Yeah, a, uh, a gentleman named Taylor Burks, who was formerly the Boone County clerk announced over the weekend that he is indeed running in the 3rd Congressional District. So he will take on former state senator Bob Onder, who now lives in Augusta, and current state senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, who lives in Arnold, for the 3rd Congressional District seat that's being vacated by Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer. So, you know, if, if, I, if I were the, the ruler of the country, if I were like, you know, they were once they're, according to the Democrats, when Trump gets reelected, How's that for presumptive, presumptive close? When when <laughs> when Trump gets reelected, he's going to essentially assassinate people, and you know, oh, if, for sure. If you've listened to all this stuff, and they said that in 2016 too. Yeah, Go ahead. And the stock market was going to crash. Remember? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. And it did just the opposite. Uh, okay. If I were the ruler, I'd say, okay, dude, uh, you, because you actually live in the district, we give you 100,000 free votes. So you start with 100,000 votes, and, and then we go from there. Well, you know what? There's somebody out there right, right now that's listening that's a progressive that listens to this to and from Jeff City and says, that's a typical Republican fascist. This is what we get for listening to that station of the podcast. Now, to, to get back to this quickly – uh, Taylor Burks is a relatively young guy. I believe he's in his late 30s. I could I could be mistaken about that. So, you know, for a Republican, that's young, as we've established before. But the biggest knock, I think, that you'll hear against Taylor Burks is that he was appointed to be Boone County clerk by Eric Greitens. Really? So anything that's – anyone or anything that has any sort of – it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. If you were appointed to something by Eric Greitens or you were appointed by somebody that was appointed by Eric Greitens – People will try to use that against him. And then the second thing is he ran in Congress for the seat that was that elected uh, Congressman Mark Alford. So Taylor finished fourth out of seven candidates there. So if you were trying to knock, you know, to make a knock against him, you'd say, hey, Taylor, Taylor couldn't win the last congressional race in 2022. He's not going to win this one. But, you know, this goes back to what we talked about, Brad, and that we expected we all expected a candidate from mid-Missouri, and he, he lives in Ashland, so between uh, Columbia and Jeff City, we expected a candidate from mid-Missouri to get into this race because so much of the district is in that part of the state. The question is, and I would point people to Jason Rosenbaum has a piece about this, and others have pieces about this up today. I would point to the fact that there's, there's another gentleman named Kurt Schaefer, who's a former state senator from the Columbia area, who is apparently also considering getting into this race. So then you get into the geographic split of if you have two candidates from mid-Missouri, that probably helps a Bob Onder. It probably helps a Mary Elizabeth Coleman. So again, filing doesn't begin for another mm, about one week. I think filing begins in a week. So we'll see where we go from here. You know what? I could, I could get him elected if you just listen to my advice. And what's your advice? My advice would be, what's his name again? What's his last name? A Burks, B-U-R-K-S. And his first name is Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Okay, here's my first, I'd give him the script. I'd say, okay, read this into the microphone, and we're going to record this, and the video camera's going, and you're going to be the next U.S. rep. And he would read the script, and he says, hi, I'm Taylor Burks, and when it comes to legislation, I'm really swift. Yes, people call me Swifty. So just (laughs) remember, Taylor Burks. Burks Swift. 
I'm the guy that's going to get things done in the, in the U.S. House of Representatives. And I'm going to do it swiftly because I am a Swifty. Vote for me, Taylor Burks, swiftly. What do you think? And and within moments, Mary Elizabeth Coleman and Bob Onder just pull out of the race. Right. They say we can't do it because right. they would have flash polling that shows that Taylor would win right. by uh, you know by ninety percent. And right. the other ten percent would be people like me that say he that say that Taylor's going to throw uh, Travis under the bus. But right. What do you know? Right. And and what would happen was in that third congressional district, they would set an all time rate of voting for women <laughs> under the age of yes, twenty five. Exactly. Right. It would be like. It's not the worst theory, Brad. It's not the worst campaign strategy I'm there. Telling you. And you know what? I mean, how do you, if you're Taylor Burks, how do you not play into Taylor? For uh, this? Man, I, I would sure jump on that. I'm telling you, <laughs> I would jump on that. Uh, okay. And here they are the number one. The number one. We have a beautiful collection, a beautiful amalgamation of stories from this weekend's Lincoln Days celebration. Lincoln Days is the annual Republican gathering. It, it alternates between St. Louis, then Springfield, then Kansas City. This year it was in Kansas City. We have some remarkable pieces up today from Jason Rosenbaum. We have a piece from, are you up on uh, Spectrum News? You followed Greg Palermo at all, you know Greg? I do not, no. Okay, so uh, Spectrum is part of Charter Communications, and Greg has started a news operation at at Spectrum, so at Spectrum Local News, I have a link up today where he does a summary of stories from Lincoln Days about some of the statewide races, Attorney General, Secretary of State, and to your point, Brad, that you make often on the show about Republican infighting in Missouri, Rosenbaum tackles that a little bit deeper, tackles how we got here as a party, going from being the minority to being a supermajority and what that means in terms of factions constantly fighting with each other and if there will really ever be such a thing as Republican unity. So that's the top link on my website today. Okay, let me go back to something you said earlier. You mm-hmm. gave, and, and once again, excuse me for not being a good doobie and listening with both ears, but who is the lady who is the super minority leader? Her name is Crystal Quaid. Okay, I'm sorry, but... I would never want to be called the super minority leader. Somehow that has a strange juxtaposition to it. You know what I mean? You're the yeah, super... Well, now, her official title, Brad, to be fair, is house minority leader. But because she leads the super minority, I call her the house super minority leader. But don't you think that sounds sort of weird? Uh, to be the house minority leader? Well, no, no. The, that... If you say something super, you go like, hey, it's super. It's... Yeah, yeah. Well, it, well, but I mean, it's true. So you would have a house a supermajority leader and a Senate supermajority leader. But I think it's more accurate to refer to her as House supermajority leader than, than House minority leader. You know, once again, I mean, okay, I'm going to go on record as saying this. I am against what the Republicans did with gun control, okay? And that's come back to haunt them in the respect that I think both St. Louis City and St. Louis, uh, St. Louis City and Kansas City had to put some regulations in there. I am against... And even though I am a libertarian, I'm against the constitutional carry thing because I think there's a certain amount of, of 
regulation you have to do for things like driving and guns. And, you know, like, for example, I mean, you can't just wake up in the morning and go, hey, I'm going to go rent a Cessna 152 out at Spirit Airport. I'm going to learn how to fly today. Right. And I don't need no stinking instructor. I'm just going to get in there because I watched, I've got my Microsoft flight simulator and I've watched enough videos on YouTube. I can fly that plane. Well, guess what? There's regulations. You have to get a student pilot certificate. You have to get a medical. You have to do this. You have to get a certified uh, flight instructor. He has to log you with so many hours. There's regulations behind that, okay? I think the whole crazy thing when the Republicans, and there's so many other states have done the same thing, we want constitutional carry. Well, what what does that do? It made it legal for essentially anybody, even if you're a dirtbag, you know, gangbanger to, you know, carry a gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, And what it did was in the city of St. Louis, and I believe this is correct, I think I read this just the other day again, that the loophole in the law was it allowed underage kids in St. Louis City and Kansas City to carry openly. In other words, they can walk down the street with an AR, with a, you know, AK, with a Glock 17, because of the fact, at least they used to be able to, because of the fact that once the constitutional carry thing kicked in, it didn't limit age, if I'm not mistaken. Is it, wasn't that the deal? I don't know. Now, I've seen Jane Duker on Twitter talk about this, and she's corrected several people that have, that have made that same point, Brad. And she's pointed out that, it, that it's already illegal for juveniles to but, carry in both Kansas City and St. Louis. But that was because of a law that was enacted in the cities. I believe that if you were and, – and here's the reason they did this was – and I get why they, they didn't put an age limit on it because of the fact that I, my dad was not a hunter and so I've not become a hunter. But I know lots of my friends who their dad was a hunter and one of the coming of age things was when their dad took them to deer camp. You know what I mean? When he Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Took them to shoot their first deer and technically that would have been illegal for a guy and it could be his daughter as well too. You know, anybody under age of, of 18, whatever the age was was for them to walk around in a field with a gun in their hand because of the fact that that would therefore be well they're not they're not I get what you're saying okay so that was the fix for it is what you're saying right and I believe the city the cities both Kansas and St. Louis City passed an amendment or some kind of a law that essentially stated look even though under the constitutional carry thing you can carry a gun you have to be at least 18 in the city of St. Louis to possess a gun are, are they put in the have adult supervision, whatever the deal is? And, you know, once again, it's the law of unintended consequences. And But, see, to me, the whole thing is, and what's sort of goofy about this, I will be up front and I will say this loud and proud, okay? I have a concealed carry permit, okay? About yep. a year and a half ago, I lost my wallet, okay? And I've yet to find it. I can't find it. I don't know what happened to it. Had a $100 bill in it. And I know the reason nobody found it. It didn't. It's, it's somewhere where I can't find it. Uh, it's because it had all my credit cards in them, and none of them have ever been used. Okay, I haven't canceled anyone. Anyone, I just got replacement cards, but none of them have ever been used. So, wow. so uh, I know it's somewhere, somewhere. Okay, I lost my concealed carry card. Okay, over the holidays, I went down to see my son, and I wanted to make sure I could carry legally in other states because if you do have the constitutional carry in Missouri, it's only good for Missouri. You can't go in any other states that have reciprocity. It's not re- yeah, reciprocal. Okay. Right. You have to have, if I were to drive down to, to see my son and I drive through Mississippi and Tennessee and, and Alabama, 
all those states are reciprocity states, which means if I have a Missouri concealed carry permit, which I do, and I get pulled over by the police and I inform them, officer, I'm carrying a gun, I'm at, it's at 2 o'clock, or it's at 3 o'clock, whatever it is, uh, and he says, do you have your, your concealed carry permit? I say, yes, I do. Here it is. Mm-hmm. And I do believe there's a, you know, a plus to that. I, I, you know, once again, it's the, it's the Republicans, you know, what's the thing? What happens to kids when they go away to college? Most kids. Uh, they put on the freshman 15. And they drink and they smoke and they have sex oh, yeah, yeah. left and right because all of a sudden the mom and dad aren't watching them. So The immediate freedom that they have. <laughs> right. yeah. Hey, you're the, one, you're the one that says freedom is messy, Brad. Right. Freedom is messy. And the constitutional carry thing to me is the whole thing. You know, like, oh, I am. And, you know, it's even to the point where I'll say this yesterday. I'll say this today. Yesterday, I didn't even know. I don't know if this is new or not, and I just noticed it. When I went into a schnooks yesterday, there's a sign on the door that says, oh, schnooks does not permit open carry of weapons. Yeah, well, that's been up there That's been up there for years. But I don't I don't think the open carry thing. And most of the time it said, it said you know, you can't have concealed carry. This said open. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. This yeah, said yeah. open carry of okay. weapons. So, so. I, I, I don't remember that being that way. I remember it being that you can't have concealed carry, but now it just says open carry. Yeah, interesting. Anyway, okay, we have to move ahead. It's my fault. We're way behind. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it?